everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Inside College Admissions. My name is Ashley Smith, Director of Marketing here at SCORE, and we are very excited about today's conversation because we're going to be talking to the authors of The Truth About College Admission Workbook, a family organizer for your college search, which was written by Brennan Bernard and Rick Clark. Before we dive in, I'd love to give you some background on both of our guests. Brennan Bernard is the Director of College Counseling at the Dairyfield School, and he's also a Program Advisor for the Harvard Graduate School of Education's Making Karen Common Project. And then Rick Clark is the Director of Undergraduate Admission at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Both are great friends of SCORE, and we're thrilled that they were willing to spend some time with us today to talk about their latest project together. So warm welcome to both Brennan and Rick. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having us, Ashley. Anytime. Always a pleasure to have conversations with both of you. What I would love to do to just kind of kick us off is I want to give a little bit of background on this workbook itself. So in 2019, you both worked together to publish the first in this series titled The Truth About College Admission, A Family Guide to Getting In and Staying Together. This workbook is a follow-up to that project. So the first thing that I would love to get some more insight on is why publish this now and what was your motivation for this? So Brendan, if you could maybe give us some insight there, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. You know, in our first book, we at the end of each chapter, we had kind of a, a, a try this section, um, suggesting some activities people could do to based on the topic of that chapter and, and things like that. And we heard from readers and from counselors and parents students that they really appreciated that and that they would love more and that they really wanted some hands-on ways to engage with kind of our approach to college admission. And so, you know, we, we started talking and talking to counselors about what would be useful. And they said, you know, it'd be great to have a workbook that, that could kind of accompany this and walk folks through the process. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always nice to be able to give people some hands-on things that they can do together in a, you know, more organized form. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is I've had the opportunity to work on government relations for both the regional and, and also the national level. And just to become so aware of these disparities in the counselor-student ratios and how many students just don't have great guidance within their school context. And so, producing something that's going to be valuable, you know, for students that they can use, that they can, as Brennan said, like actually do and counselors and teachers can give them to do and help to, as you said, like walk them through and organize, but also just like get their hands on to and make this all way more practical was a big part of the genesis for the work too. Absolutely. It's always nice to be able to give people tangible things that they can do next instead of, you know, the, the insight is obviously wonderful too, but it, it really just takes it one step further, which is great. So how did you both decide to work on this project together? Because from our perspective, and when we were first looking at this, we, we love that, you know, we have both the college and high school side of it. So give us some background on that, because I think that's what makes part of this, you know, very unique in a lot of ways. No, I mean, that was really the thing is that we had never seen that done before. So Brennan and I met probably 
gosh, at least five years ago now, I'd say maybe even a little bit more than that. I don't know. COVID has messed up my <laughs> sense of time. So oh, anyway, it has whatever. For, me for sure. <laughs> at some point in the past, we met and both of us enjoyed writing and both of us had been writing in various contexts. And we had different styles, but a lot of the same message and mm -hmm. very much, you know, aligned as far as what we were trying to communicate and make some of the normal admissions speak a lot more practical and a lot more relatable than often you you see and hear it. And for me, I'd never really seen anybody who was sitting in the desk actually doing the work on the college side, mm -hmm. write a book from the ground. It was oftentimes journalists who kind of came in and out you know, within a certain amount of time, um, had a little perspective, but don't really know and feel what it's like to do the work themselves, or somebody who had done it for like a year or two, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden kind of called themselves an expert. So, you know, we <laughs> <Yes>. really, <laughs> we really felt like it's kind of like the mom who like their kid got into an Ivy League school. And so all of a sudden, they know all the answers, right? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, Brennan and I just really felt like that was the one two punch that was so powerful and missing was mm -hmm. practitioners basically just saying on the ground in my world, this is what you know we would advise and see and on the ground in my world, this is how that plays out and translates. And I think that dialogue is really helpful and important and, and real. And that's, that's our goal ultimately. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think that it, it just provides something that's so, so unique and, and different. And as you said, can be much more trusted just because you guys are the practitioners and on the ground. Yeah, and I would just add that, you know, I just wanted to get more kids into Georgia Tech and I figured the <laughs> best way to do that was to, to write a book with the director of admission, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. I, and, and then I figured I'd just kind of ride, ride Rick's coattails uh, to fame, so. <laughs> there you go. Hold on tight. Oh, well, you know, when we initially started talking um, about this and your motivation for it, you know, you definitely mentioned that you were receiving feedback from others that they would love to have some, you know, that they really appreciated the guidance and kind of inspired you to put this workbook and the exercises together. But you also, in the beginning of this book, dedicate it to your children. So did they also inspire you in this process? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, that's something Rick and I, I share, you know, we both have a son and a daughter and family is kind of at the fore of everything we do as, as fathers and professionals and humans. And, and it's the message of our book too, right? Of, of both books is really, you know, how can you um, engage in this, this experience and as a, as a family, whatever that might mean to you. And our children kind of exemplify that. We obviously love them and are <laughs> proud of them. And um, it just seemed kind of like the natural next step is to, to dedicate this. And, and they've been patient with us, of course, as we've uh, written this book and taken the time to do that. And so it was just kind of the obvious choice. Sure. And I yeah. have to ask, are either of them exploring colleges right now? Well, since you asked, my son is a senior in high school. Yes. Got it. And his father knows just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> um so um and my daughter is a is a sophomore in high school and so i i am in it and and rick's not far behind me yeah i have a fifth grader a daughter and then a red-shirted seventh grade son so uh we're just you know we're just working on getting that kid through middle school one day at a time <laughs> but um you know one thing i would say about family and kids is again this is where brendan and i you know 
had conversations a lot leading up to writing the book. And I think it's one of the things we love this work and we believe so much in education and college and think it's, you know, so important for our society and, and also ultimately, you know, for individuals too. But one thing is heartbreaking to watch on the secondary side and the college side is how this opportunity to actually come together and to learn about each other and listen to one another and kind of actually have a cool opportunity to embrace kind of everybody's thoughts and interests along the way can also be divisive. And I think that's where we focused a lot, both in the first book and often in the second too, is this idea of coming together um, instead of being wedged apart. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you both about that is because it's important and, and the perspective is important too, because you, you're also going through this. So yes, you both have obviously expertise in your profession in the areas that you work in day to day, but also kind of looking at this from the lens of a parent, I think is just, is so impactful. So appreciate you sharing that with us. Rick, follow-up question for you. Who would you ultimately say that this workbook is for? You know, you mentioned that you have kids who are a little bit younger than Brennan's, but is there a certain age group? Just shed some light on who this could ultimately work for best. Absolutely. Yeah, so the two primary audiences that I would say it's best for or intended for are one, certainly high school counselors and teachers who often would be allocating time already, let's say, to talking to students about writing their college essay or thinking a little bit about, you know, test prep or how to go out and do a good job on an interview. I mean, we know high school time at points is actually allocated towards those things. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I think that many counselors are under-resourced when it comes to giving students, you know, A, insight from professionals, which we're trying to certainly provide, bringing in some of the best practices from others. So that's one thing Brendan's really a master of and that he brought to this big time is using our contacts and our network to bring some of what we've seen out there is working well already in high schools and making that then accessible. So certainly that would be one audience. And then secondly, you know, I am a product of public high school, you know, did not know my counselor's name, basically had to go and work to just get my transcripts sent kind of cold, right? And that's the majority of kids in the country. And again, back to this, you know, ratio situation. I mean, in here in Georgia, we're close to the national average at almost 500 students for every counselor. And so what we wanted to put out there was, hey, this is a $20 resource that, you know, pretty much anybody can afford. And it is going to give you what you need, the tools that you need to, you know, think about essays, to think about, you know, how do you visit a college and make that effective and maximize that time? You know, ultimately, what are the various things that colleges are looking for and how can you put your best foot forward? And then, you know, if you've done all of that well, you're going to be in a position to make a choice and have options. That's our goal to give kids Mm -hmm. choices and options. But that can also be paralyzing. Sometimes for students, that's like a tough spot. And maybe for humans in general, right? Choices and options, <laughs> yes. we all want that. But then we end up kind of feeling constrained or unsure of how to make that decision. And we walk people through that as well. Um, so that's a little bit of kind of, you know, who I think it's best uh, intended for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, w- and I would just add that, you know, I mean, ideally, given those realities around around counseling and just where students are, that, you know, 
a mentor could pick this up or a grandparent or it, just really anyone mm -hmm. and whoever it might be help a young person or not as young person walk through this and, and be a support in ways that sometimes they struggle to know how to do. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, and I love that too, because, you know, we at SCORE, very mission aligned in terms of what your goal is for this too. You know, we really focus on wanting to expand access and opportunities for students. And I love that you said that, Brennan, too, because, you know, there are times where, you know, the person who is helping you in this process may not necessarily be a parent or guardian. So I think that that's a great point. And, you know, as much as we all can help students, you know, the better off we'll all be. So thank you for sharing that. Rick, I'm going to pick on you again, if you don't mind, but you mentioned something in the beginning, you know, one of your goals was to just make a lot of this so much more relatable. And in the introduction, you'd, I think, do a fantastic job with this. This is something that really struck me where you give an analogy of a helicopter tour versus a plane ride and kind of compare it to college admission. So can you share that with our listeners? Because I think it really kind of sets the tone for the book and the workbook in general. Yeah, sure. So actually, this goes back to where and how Brennan and I originally met, which was at a conference, a summer conference that brought together um, both sides of the desk, right? So the high school side and the college side. Mm -hmm. And at one of these, there was a lottery for a helicopter tour. And the woman wow. who was, yeah, so the woman who was running this was like, we're going to pick three people uh, to go on this helicopter tour of the surrounding area. So it's Newport, Rhode Island, just a beautiful place. I mean, the ocean is there, the mansions are there. It's an unbelievable spot. And she said, I decided I don't want to be responsible for this. So I'm going to let my two-year-old pick, you know, who's <laughs> going. Yep. And there are like, I don't know, hundred plus people there. And I, I knew my name was coming out of that hat because there's, I, I had this thing with two-year-olds, man. I get them. Uh, we, 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 we definitely are simpatico, right? So I'm like, this kid is picking my name. There is no question. Bam. First person out is me, wow. uh, you know? And so it was such a cool experience because I, first of all, only been in a helicopter once, but in this case, it wasn't with the intent to go anywhere, right? We were just touring. And so mm -hmm. we went up, you know, you just sort of, there's no like big production. You just literally just come right off the ground sure. and, and you're up, you know, and there's no, uh, you know, instructions given or taxiing or all the kind of normal yeah. protocols, right? You just you put on some headphones, buckle your seatbelt and bam, that's it. Mm -hmm. And we went around and of course, as expected, it was beautiful, perfect day, ocean, all this stuff. And you know, we, we landed back later and I was thinking how different the experience is between that and all of the kind of headache of getting somewhere. I mean, uh, most of us just went out to Seattle recently, yep. right? Yep. And there's all the got to be there on time. And, you know, is the coffee going to be hot? And all the worries and concern about getting somewhere. Whereas with the tour, it was more about just seeing things from a different perspective looking down on stuff and rising up out of it and like kind of clearing your head a little bit and just appreciating. And I think that students and parents often get very caught up on no matter where you live, there's a couple places, right, that are on people's minds. There's a couple of particular schools or they have a limited perspective because they've only been exposed to so many places, mm -hmm. you know, by nobody's, by nobody's fault. But I think 
students and parents would really benefit by that concept of my goal here is to lift up out of my echo chamber, out of our sort of little radius and see, you know, really that one of America's greatest strengths, in my opinion, is our higher education system. Mm -hmm. There are lots of options. There's a diverse range of schools, but we have to work to see it. We have to right. really change our perspective to see it. And people also get very caught up in, my goal is to get to X college. I'm going to take a selfie by this statue or by this gate or whatever. I'm going to wear that hoodie. I'm going to post that on Instagram because this is where I'm going. Yeah. And I just feel like changing the dynamic a little bit to how I get there and how I end up there, how I'm prepared, how I show up. And my relationship with my family, the support that's there, how we end up getting there is way more important than where, how is greater than where. And so yeah. that's really, that's how we wanted to start the book is to just change a mindset. I love that. And not to mention, Rick usually has his head in the clouds either way. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I think, I think that's so great because, you know, obviously this, this entire process that students and families go through is anxiety ridden and it, it is hard to take a step back so level setting with that I, I i just i loved that example and i think it's such a good testament to how you both are breaking things down so to kind of to build on that a little bit brennan what i'd love to talk to you about is something that you also put in the introduction which is surrounding the word process as it relates to college admission so can you share with our listeners why you want to push back on that word and how it can reshape or reframe their approach to this process as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll give credit where credit's due because our colleague and good friend, Matt Hyde, who's the director of mission at Lafayette College, or maybe he's the VP, or I don't know what his position is now, but anyway, Matt has always really kind of pushed back against this mm -hmm. and, and it's been ingrained in me and, and I, you know, as Rick and I talked about it, you know, so often um, students and families approach this experience of applying to college as like, you know, something I need to get through or endure or, you know, it's got to be overwhelming. And they view it as this kind of mechanical, they're cogs in a wheel type thing trying to trying to just get through. And it doesn't have to be that way and, and shouldn't be that way. It should be more of an experience and one of opportunity and one of togetherness and of kind of creating together what what lies ahead and and so rather than thinking of it as this kind of um fixed process which seems so stale when 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 they can approach it as an experience that is to be kind of lived and as a rite of passage maybe or um, this kind of developmental opportunity. It, it's just so much richer. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, the other thing about process is like, and, and Brennan was kind of alluding to this, is this idea that there is a certain way to do it, right? That my cousin did it this way, or the kid that got into the school I want to go to did it the way. Therefore, I need to follow this like recipe and, and particular sequence of events. And if anything goes awry, everything's going to be blown. Yeah, um, I think experience, you know, allows you to kind of shift your mind a little bit to I can't control this fully. And that's an adventure, right? I mean, gosh, there's so little adventure in our lives. Maybe this is my head in the clouds again, but like, <laughs> not know, like, our goal is not to control this, but like, not knowing is actually part of the fun of this. Let me figure out who I am, and then figure out a place that matches with that instead of let me go XYZ to a certain place. Absolutely. And 
you know, no two people are alike. So the experience is not going to be identical for anybody either. And I think that that's really important. And, and Rick, something that you just mentioned too, that kind of leads me into my next question is, you know, really learning about yourself and kind of figuring out what is best for you, which, you know, the first chapter of this is titled, why are you going to college, which I think is such a fundamental and overlooked question. So can you shed some perspective from where you said as to why this is so important? Yeah, absolutely. And I know Brennan has said that, I mean, this is where he starts with his students always is asking that question. And it is funny to ask a high school student this who is in like college preparatory classes, like they're taking APs, they, you know, have already been thinking about taking tests, like their parents maybe have a background in college because they have never been asked that question. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is really jarring sometimes to these students to, to ask that because I feel like they're trying to like walk before they crawl, right? They're yep. trying to say, all right, what do I have to do so I can get to this particular school or whatever? And, you know, a lot of them, again, are in this foregone conclusion. I'm in college preparatory classes. I might go to a college preparatory school. Like I'm taking dual enrollment classes that are college. Of course, that's the next thing, right? Yep. Without ever just saying like, okay, but why? Like, and, and actually taking some time to write that down, taking some time to really think, what am I hoping to get out of this? Because we believe firmly that that is not going to just help you build a good list of schools that match with your why. So it's a touchstone as you create that. It's also, though, I think very helpful down the road at two other points. And that is once you're admitted to the places that you are, if you can circle back to say, now I have these options and choices, that was the whole goal. But like, which of these really does match up best to help me get where I want to go? My whole why and the answers to that, which to your point, vary greatly from student to student. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, anybody that's gone to college has had that like dark night of the soul in, (laughs) you know, like, you know, in November, usually where they're sitting there in their room and like the food isn't that good. And um, they might not be getting along with their roommate and they're looking through social media <laughs> and they're like, all their friends are at other places seeming to have like a great time. And they're wondering like, what's, did I make the wrong choice? Is this really yeah. the right place? I miss my friends or home or all, everybody goes through that. Right. And so coming back to your why I think can be really reassuring in those like inevitably tough spots to say, no, okay. I I do know why I'm here. I do know why I chose this place. I do know what I'm trying to do. And I feel like that is um, really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, one of the exercises we have in the workbook is, you know, not only we ask the students to kind of explore their why, but then we, we ask them to go out and ask other people, like, why did you go to college? Yeah. And, and, and ask a number of different people in different parts of their lives, if they did go to college, why they went, um, what that experience was, what they might have done differently. To have students be more intentional about this experience and not just kind of a reactionary. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so great, too. You know, one of the things that we talk about is college being and thinking about college being a first very adult decision that a lot of these students make. And 
you know, I think that really reflecting on why can set them up for a lot of success longer term too, because, you know, there are a lot of decisions that people make because they feel like it's just the next step or whatever else it may be. But if you can really center yourself on the answer to the question of why, I think it'll give you confidence even during, you know, those dark, lonely nights where you're contemplating your decision. So I appreciate that. One of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about, Brennan, being that you work with a lot of students and their families, there are some and, and many students out there whose parents may not be very involved in the college search and admission process or they don't have experience about it themselves. And you gave some great advice in the beginning where, you know, this workbook could be for a lot of people in the community. So can you actually give some advice for students to help guide them where if they do want some more help and support in this process like what would you recommend that they do like who could they potentially turn to for more support in that way if it's not a traditional yeah, family yeah that's a great point and and i think the same holds true even for students who do have families that are involved or parents that are involved you know we talk a lot about kind of like who's your team right mm -hmm. who identifying the people who are going to support you in this experience in both searching and applying and you know this this experience of planning your future and, and applying to college is so much about developing skills of self-advocacy yeah and so yes. this is like this is kind of the the first step in doing that it's like you know i, I think anybody in any stage of life is like who do i need to involve in my life mm -hmm. to support me right whether it's something I'm struggling with, whether it's something at work, something at school. So as students are thinking about applying to college, like really identifying who's on that team and reaching out to them and, and, and letting them know that you see them on your team and, mm -hmm. and telling them how, what kind of help you need and not being afraid to ask for help and not being too proud to say, you know, I don't really understand this. Like, I don't understand how financial aid works. I don't understand, even though all my classmates might seem to know where they want to go to college or, you know, what steps they need to take, like, I need help, right? Yeah. I need, I need support. And um, so, and that can come from so many different areas. Um, you know, ideally they have a counselor, but I think for a student, it's really identifying those, those folks. That's a great point. I love that. Who's on your team? I think that's, such a great way to frame it and you know there are a lot of people that surround you that you know would be wanting to help in this process we want to see people succeed so i really appreciate that now speaking to people and having people around obviously we're still in the pandemic COVID has had a major impact on the entire world this process as well so rick can you give us some perspective on in your opinion, what have you seen be the biggest impact? I mean, there's a lot of business conversation about, you know, the implication of enrollment and all of those things, but can you kind of break down for us what you have seen the biggest impact of COVID be on the students and, and how this process has really gone for them over the past four years, I'll even say at this point? Sure. No, it's a good question. And actually right now, just a very specific Georgia Tech example is that we mm -hmm. saw more students, two things. One, moving into Calc 1 instead of Calc 2 uh, to start. We had to rebalance a little bit there because um, a, a lot of students, you know, either A, did not have 
credit for Calc as they had in the past. Sure. Or B, we saw a decline in the number of students who chose to accept the credit they were given. And I think that that's really telling is that, yeah. you know, maybe I made a four or a five on that Calc exam, but I'm not so confident that I really have that down. And since I think this is going to be a big part of my educational career, like I'm not going to take credit and move on to Calc too. So we had to reshift some of our faculty and sections, you know, in that one small example. What I think that indicates is that students entering college and obviously students still in high school probably do have a little bit less of the foundation, less of the preparation, or potentially less of the confidence yeah. as they're heading into college. And I think for colleges, that means, um, and we knew this already from a mental health standpoint, from a student support standpoint, but we really have to be prepared for this next you know, continued wave of students that we're going to need to make sure, to Brendan's point, like it's incumbent on the student to ask for help, but it's incumbent on colleges to make sure those resources are available, accessible, and practical in terms of how and where they're offered. The other thing, though, I do want to flip the script a little bit, um, as sure. I like to do, <laughs> uh, yeah. because we do talk a lot, and, and understandably, we talk a lot about um, the anxiety or the stress that the pandemic has caused, all the things that have been disrupted, canceled, off. And that's unfortunate. No one would have asked for that. No high school kid would have. Um, projected or scripted their high school experience to be this way. However, I do think that there is something rare and valuable about the pandemic for high school students. And that is they've been given an opportunity to understand what was canceled and disrupted and what they actually missed yes. versus, versus not missing, you know? And I think for some, that is such an indicator of what you value. Because if you care that it's canceled, if you care that it's off, if you care you can't do it, if there's somebody you can't see or be with, you value, mm -hmm. you value them. You value that experience. You value whatever that is. And I won't go into great detail on this, but I, again, my two kids both were doing Taekwondo. My son was crushed, crushed yeah. that it was off. Like looking at YouTube, oh. trying to like stay up with his skills, wanting to test for yeah. black. Daughter dancing in the hallway, so excited that Taekwondo is off, right? <laughs> And so like, I think for students, it's kind of like, what are those things that maybe you're realizing actually kind of was just doing that because somebody was telling me I should, or that I always had, or I was kind of good at it, but don't really love it. Like as you're making a college list, as you're thinking about the schools that you might apply to, like lean into the places that are committed and invested in the things you care about. That's helpful. And I think that pause and that like Brendan likes to call, talk about the hamster wheel sometimes of high school getting that thing stopped for a second and looking around back to perspective is invaluable and rare and not to be missed for sure. Absolutely. I think that that's such a good perspective to have too. I know that I definitely reevaluated certain things I missed or didn't miss. And I think that ultimately can go back to your why and, and really help you evaluate those values that you have. That being said, this whole process of putting the workbook together, it sounds like you guys were kind of working through a lot of it during the pandemic. So what was what was that process like for the both of you? Yeah, it was, I mean, uh, you know, talking about things we missed. I mean, we missed getting together. And um, mm -hmm. you know, when we wrote the first book, we, we would write a bunch of chapters and get together and do some in person and kind of go back and forth. And I don't know, Rick, we must have had this, this for this workbook, we must have had three or four times we had set up times to meet, maybe even gotten airplane tickets. 
and then had to, you know, like a couple days before cancel. And so, um, you know, the fortunate thing is obviously with Google Docs and everything like that, we could pretty easily go back and forth. And we, we kind of, you know, scheduled out a couple days where we just were kind of all in together from where we were. Um, yeah. But it was definitely a different experience in writing this one. And, and we missed some of the time together and the, the laughs and things like that, that, and, you know, going on runs and talking about the book and talking about our work and things like that. So, but, you know, it was, it was doable. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. You're both runners. That is something I did not know. Good for you both. <laughs> He's a runner. I'm a jogger these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was a sprinter in college and I laugh whenever anybody hears something about that. They're like, oh, you want to go on a run together? I was like, sure. But do you know what the sprinter's jog is? Because it's probably very different from what you envision <laughs> 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 a run to be. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. But, you know, one of the things that I, I think really shines through, you know, in this conversation, in the books themselves is the personalities that you both have. And I always love to feel that because it brings you closer to the writers. And one of the things that really stood out to me was the playlist that frames each chapter. That was so fun to kind of go through. So, Rick, I'm going to ask you, who has the better taste in music and who won on, you know, those different chapters that you have outlined there? <laughs> well, I mean, clearly I do. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, to, you're talking to the guy who took his daughter to, to Dollywood this summer. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> That's true. I, I, here's what I'll say. No, Brennan, both of us actually have very diverse range of musical, you know, interests. And I will say though, one of my greatest, one of the things I'm most proud of right now is, as Brennan just said, my daughter's hero is Dolly Parton. This, wow. This did not come That's from amazing. me. I like country music uh, as well as many other genres. Um, but she has latched on. The girl literally has like cut out pictures of Dolly in her, like taped to her wall, right? So I love this girl. <laughs> it was amazing. But like um, she listens to Michael Jackson. She listens to Dolly Parton. She's like this morning was listening to the Beatles. I love that she's just all over the map, you know? And um, mm -hmm. I think that that is, uh, you know, again, as parents, right? Thinking, tying it back to a little bit to, to college admission. I mean, that's our goal again, is to to expose them, right? Instead of dictating, to give them breadth and to give them again, perspective that many things are good. Many, mm -hmm. many, we can relate to many different places or resonate with many different places or things. And, and similarly, you know, with music, but it was fun picking those songs. And, yeah. and we actually, we've put, I have it uh, as a playlist on, on my own. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I would love to integrate that more into more of my writing because I, I think it's fun for students to be able to maybe just play something as they're reading or play something as yeah. they're doing something. Yeah. Well, and Rick makes a good that. point because, you know, Every, every kid's different, right? And if he was to take a poster of Dolly and go into his son's room and post it up, um, he <laughs> probably would not get the same response, right? And like, as, as kids put college posters and bumper stickers and decals and stuff up, you know, they, they get to choose, right? They get to choose uh, what they put up and, and hopefully they can do that with supportive uh, families and friends and counselors, but you know, it really is unique to them. Man, you want to talk about unique? How about this? The other day, I came out of the office and AJ is literally 
folding laundry while listening to Thunderstruck by ACDC. <laughs> that, that is unique. Now that, I don't yeah. know if that combination has ever occurred in the history of man. Well, it's, it's <laughs> unique enough. It's unique enough that you actually got him to fold laundry to begin that's with. That's true. There you yeah, go. That's valid, a good point. Valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, that's great. I think it's so fun to infuse those different elements into the writing process too. And it's just, a, it's a good reminder that this doesn't have to be, as we talked about before, all process, all, all stress and anxiety ridden. So infusing those more enjoyable aspects into it is something to always keep in mind. So that actually concludes the questions that we have for you and our conversation. But before we wrap, I just want to give you both the opportunity to share anything else with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, and we talk about this in places in the book, but listeners can focus on gratitude, no matter who, who's listening. Students, gratitude for your parents, for all they're doing to support you. Parents, gratitude for your, for your children, for your counselor, for your school, but just taking time in this experience to acknowledge that and acknowledge that to the people who are, are on this journey with you, I think is really important because so often we do get kind of bogged down by the details. And mm -hmm. so take, taking a step back and appreciating just the extreme privilege it is if you are applying to college and, and having those opportunities and the people who are helping to make that happen. So for me, I would say that, and we actually incorporated it into this um, workbook at the very end, I think in the afterward, we talked about this, but I, I feel like co-authoring a book and families going through the college admission experience have a lot of parallels because mm -hmm. there's, there's no doubt that you know, we, we don't see everything the same, right? I mean, we have different perspectives, different backgrounds, different agendas in some cases, right? Again, this is the beauty, I think, of both the college side and the high school side, you know, coming together. Similarly, that's true of parents or family members or supporting adults around the student and the student themselves. But there's so much more value and frankly, joy from giving a little bit, compromising, listening and understanding like, we all end up better off when things are done collectively. And so I think that that's what we've learned through doing this. And hopefully that's the journey that people will take through this. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both so much for taking some time to talk to us today. And we know we are both very busy, so it's greatly appreciated. And we look forward to chatting with you both again soon. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for all the work you do. Absolutely. That concludes our episode today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our conversation with Brennan and Rick. We've provided the link in the description below to their book, so make sure to check it out, get your copy, and share with others you believe this could help. Stay tuned for future episodes and make sure you subscribe to the podcast for behind-the-scenes insights about the college admission process.